a, a harsh lesson that I learned coming up early on playing in bands that, you know, achieved a modicum of hype and success was there was that feeling of like, oh, okay, we've, we've done something now. And then it's like, but I look back and I'm like, but then what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, can, you can look back in hindsight and say, clear as day, well, that was obviously an opportunity that could have been taken that wasn't. Mm. And um, there's always more to the story, but that would be my overarching message to 15-year-old Marlon is just just keep, keep doing it, keep pushing through and, and act now. Welcome back everyone to episode number 25 of the Johnny Rogers Show. My guest today is a very talented Canadian artist. His 2018 full-length album titled The Circle became critically acclaimed. After reviewing it, the Rock Source magazine said that he had solidified himself as a bona fide rocker with vision and talent to spare. He's been nominated for a Dropout Entertainment Canadian Independent Music Video Award and has released a staggering amount of material at a consistent pace. His newest album, Synestalgia, is available right now on all streaming platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my friend and yours, Marlon Chaplin. Hey. Hello, hello. Johnny, how's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for coming on the show. Of course. My pleasure. And I kind of uh, hinted at it there in the uh, intro, but your word uh, for today is consistency. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate the intro, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Consistency. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I chose consistency because... In my short time on this earth, I've found that it's probably the biggest challenge, the biggest beast, the biggest mountain to climb. You know, anybody can come up with an interesting idea or, um, you know, could endeavor onto something that pops, but how many people can stay with it even when those peaks turn into valleys, you know, to keep that sort of, uh, that motivation, even when the vision gets a little blurry, I've found to be something that I've had to rein in and sort of train myself to be, uh, well, consistent. <laughs> Would you say that you're a master of consistency now, or is it something that you're like no. seeing as, so did you see it as like a weak spot still for yourself? Yeah. And it's just like something you're constantly working on? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's something that I recognized I needed to sort of get the crosshairs on if I was going to develop the way I wanted to professionally, personally, artistically, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and there's something to be said too about like definitely remaining consistent with the things uh, that you're trying to do in your career or in your life, like you just said there too. But like, I think it's also super important to make sure that the things that you're being consistent with are also like productive towards um, the end goal and, and really what yeah. you're doing. But like, have, have you found uh, it troubling at all to like find consistency in the right ways, perhaps? Or are you more so looking at it as like being consistent in any way possible is a good thing? Because I know some people are of that like um, 
kind of perspective where they're like, there's no wrong or right. Like, even if I'm being consistent at the wrong thing, it's still training consistency. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, um, I think it goes back to the working smart thing as well, instead of working hard. I mean, you can keep doing the same thing over and over again, and then maybe it's not the right thing. Right. So, um, realizing what works for you and what doesn't cannot be a challenge within itself. And you have to sort of recognize when, okay, maybe I've been hammering at this one thing a little too long and it's not taking me where I want or the product, whatever I'm, I'm trying to create here isn't coming to fruition. And then you have to reassess. So mm. it, it, it's, it's okay to step back and to cut ties with something if it's not working, there's no shame in that. But if something is gaining traction or something inherently instinctively feels right, it's important not to get lazy and complacent and sort of rest on your laurels and say, mm -hmm. oh, okay, well, that felt good. I got that little dopamine rush when I did this or got a response to this and I'm going to sit back now. It's like, no, that's probably the time to double down. Yeah, and that's what a going, lot of people pushing, do. Keep expanding. So many people, I think. I, mean, I know, and I, I was. I was just going to say, so I think it was on the podcast with Dave Merhaj where we were talking about there's this thing that happens where, at least in comedy, people will get like a little bump in their career and they think that's the time yeah. that they get to like sit back and chill. They're like, oh, I made yeah. it. Like, I got <laughs> this. I got this thing. So now I get to like relax. It's like, no, 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 no. Now you have to like really iron yeah. out the kinks here because the last thing that you want is to be like, now in this position where you're expected to be the professional perhaps and because you're not being consistent with the work that it takes to maintain that level of professionalism you might lose everything on your next opportunity right right and i think you said something that really hit the nail on the head which was a lot of people get a little bit like a little bite of what they're after and they think oh i've made it right mm -hmm. and I've found that the artists and just generally the people that I uh, admire, they all generally share a common trait, which is they usually um, put across the idea that they've never quite made it yet. Still. Yeah. 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 So yeah I like, love that too. Oh, interesting. Like, <laughs> like Bob Dylan, you know, there's a, there's a great Bob Dylan song called when I paint my masterpiece and someone asked him once in an interview years ago, have you painted your masterpiece yet? And he said, I hope I never do. Wow. You thought, well, that's it right there. There's a, there's this one story too, that I, I I've told a couple of times on here already. So sorry for yeah. the people that have already heard it, but I, I absolutely love the story of, um, who was it? It was, on Mark Maron's podcast, and he was talking to Paul McCartney. That's what it was. Mm. Um, and he loves he loves asking like older rockers who are now like in their solo part of their career if they think because most people like old rockers when they move into the solo part of their career now they have to almost say this is the best stuff I'm I've done. You know this this catalog right. this the, new the album. Yeah, the new album is the best thing ever. You that's sure, why you need sure. to go get it. And he asked Paul, "Do you feel that way?" And he goes, "I was in the Beatles." <laughs> he goes, <laughs> did he say that? Yeah, he goes, "No, that's the best that's stuff great. I ever did." Ah, uh, no way! I gotta like, listen to that one. He's like, "There's no yeah. way that I could 
go above oh, that. That's <laughs> like, hilarious. How do I top yeah. that? You know? Oh my God. That's uh, the best response. In a band that just changed music. Like it's hard right. to yeah, argue that like, the stuff you're doing now is better than that. Exactly. Like the believability factor would be a little low on that one. Especially yeah, but if, I'm sure if you spoke to the Beatles though, even if they were all alive and all together at right now, they would still be like, we haven't made it. We haven't found yeah. that one sound. I don't think making it for someone really happens until sadly after they've passed. Mm. I find it's more so the legacy that you leave behind is when you get like the acclaim almost. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. Right, that's right. that's kind well, of life. That's just like a great metaphor for life. It's just like, I know. you're not going to end up seeing the end results. Don't worry about no. it. You'll get it when you're yeah. gone. Like that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. You'll be a legend when you're dead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I, just I, the thing I, to aim for, right? <laughs> all right. Like, uh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's the it's, uh, only way you can be immortal is, is by leaving a legacy. Mm -hmm. And nobody thinks they're going to die, you know? <laughs> so um yeah i mean i love mark maron's podcast by the way and uh i've listened to so many episodes i'm surprised i haven't heard the paul mccartney episode he he you know what's interesting though is i haven't actually heard the paul mccartney episode it, i heard oh, him yeah. retelling the story uh, on someone else's podcast so oh, even myself I, i'd have to go back and, and find uh right, where, right. where it was I wonder if he's actually clipped that because it was like a it was like a story that he was like telling often that I was like, oh, my God, this is just too good. Like I, I yeah. tell everyone, I mean, <laughs> because <laughs> I tell every artist because every artist is in the same uh, thing. And, and I think honestly, I think a lot of the idea, it's not so much like because what is making it, you know, uh, right. making just making different. it different. It's different for every person. It could mean like all of your bills are paid by that thing. That could right. be, it could be winning a Grammy. It could be winning yeah. a, a big award that's making it. Um, but I think like at the end of the day, even if you've achieved all of those things, the reason why artists don't feel like they make it is at least the good artists is because they're always unhappy with the level of work that they're putting out. And they're always trying to achieve more than that which means that their bar and their taste level since they started has just grown, you know? So it's more of a reflection. Right, exactly. It's more of a reflection of your own taste and your own like idea of what's good has, yeah. has changed. Yeah. You know, the amateur you know, is like, just loves their work. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true, man. It's true. It's funny before we even had this conversation earlier today, I was thinking about exactly what you're talking about because I was working on something and, uh, well, I would actually just finished something and I was thinking about what am I going to do next now? Mm. And I thought, well, how can I, it, it was a, a painting I was thinking about. And, uh, and yeah, for those that don't know, I'm doing a series right now where I sit down in front of a canvas uh, with a microphone. It's very cool. And, yeah. Thanks man. And, uh, and I'll, I'll sing a song off of my latest album while painting my visual interpretation of it and i have the finite amount of time that the song lasts to do it and i i was thinking today about well that's great but how can i make that better how can mm. i expand on that what's another idea because this has gotten you know a pretty good response and, and people seem to be connecting to it so i thought great but then a, a part of my brain is like well I don't, I can't do the same thing forever. Mm. I can't keep, you know, because there's like always a part of me that thinks, well, okay, this is cool, but it has the potential to get stale. 
Yeah, so, and stale for you too, not even just like your audience. Like right, you, right. You might find it like, I don't want to do this anymore. It feels like an obligation, you know? Right. I have to, I have to buy paint supplies, but I'm trying to make this <laughs> album. You're like, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And then it feels like a slog potentially, yeah. right? Yeah, You yeah. don't want it to get there. No. But, but yeah, but that sort of ties into what we were saying earlier about consistency as well. It's like, it's one thing to stay consistent with something um, because somebody could say, okay, well, just keep doing that over and over again. And that's you staying consistent. But the idea for me is, yes, continue along this line of thinking, but expand on it at the same time. Mm. So you're not only staying consistent, but there's growth there as well. Yeah, that's a good idea to point out the difference between consistency and repetition. Well, yeah, because you don't want it to be so confused. Right? Yeah, you, yeah. Want, you want it to do that. Whatever it is. You yeah, know, you're always you... trying to find a new way to grow in whatever it is that you're trying to be, right. remain consistent right. at. Yeah 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 exactly it's about it's about um you know doing the same thing over and over again which can feel like mind-numbing at times but it, it, it'll only cease to be mind-numbing if you keep adding different angles and colors to it along mm -hmm. the way and then what you have is you have something that is growing and that's not to be taken for granted you know because then that's when I, I have, I've found in the past, people start really connecting to things on a bigger level. No, hundred percent. And it's like, it's growing in a way it's growing from nothing, which I, I always find remarkable that we never really, as artists take a second to appreciate is that like everything we've done has come from nothing. Like it's come from us. It's come from like, like a, choosing to grow a plant in your house like it's literally starts with that seed of an idea and then it's about the person who is going to see through that seed all the way until it's a plant and then remaining consistent with watering it every day and making trimming the leaves and making sure that it's growing in the right direction and getting proper sunlight and air and like all these all these additional things but like apply that to your art like it seems so easy but at the same time it's very easy to be distracted too, because you've got the competition okay, culture, yeah. the grind culture, you know, how do you deal with like, um, mm. outside influence when it comes to like your own creation and staying consistent? I've found time and again, the, the, well, it, it's, it's good to be abreast of, of sort of what's going on. Otherwise you run the risk of like completely becoming out of touch, mm. but at the same time, I've found that I'm most creative and most consistent within my creativity when I'm kind of blocking out the noise a little bit. Mm. And um, I'm just sticking to my lane and doing what turns me on creatively in my own world, in my own bubble. Because, you know, we live in scroll culture as well. You know, I can pick up my phone at any <laughs> time. Scroll culture, right? I love that it's so like, much. <laughs> scrolling, it's like, holy shit, holy shit, what? Look at that, oh my God. Yeah, like, wow, they're doing what? You could be, right, you can become overwhelmed by the amount of content out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, it can become confusing and jumbled and you're, you run the risk of falling into the, that trap of wh wh where do I fit into this? Where, where's my voice heard? And, really those are the wrong questions to be asking i think um you know depending on what you're doing if you're looking yeah. at some sort of business analytical standpoint and another 
another thing to avoid too is saying why do they have that and i don't you know yeah. what i mean like oh, that yeah, that, yeah. that is horrible thing to do it is horrible yeah. and i feel like i've never really fallen victim to that to a detrimental level because it just never uh, seems like a like i've always taken pride to be honest with you in being an individualist and an artist who has his own voice and his own vision and i think when like my favorite artists always created their own world you know mm. like one of my favorite bands is the white stripes and when they came on um the scene and they were doing their thing it was like holy crap like these people you know jack and meg had zeroed in on everything that it took to be completely like completely insulated in their own world and they're inviting you in i mean they had the the color scheme they had the brother sister thing going on the music itself was stunning yeah i mean they they just were they, undeniable like that they that's were undeniable a, yes like that's such thing. a key word as well like undeniable i've always gone back to that word myself it's, so, it's such a great word like and I, yeah. it's a great um steve martin quote where he says be oh. so undeniable that they can't ignore you yeah like yeah. and it's it's really that like you don't yeah. have to you know scroll culture like you say or competition or grind culture whatever you want to call it and comparison is the thief of joy so mm. really like if you are just consistent in what you're putting out and just be so good that they can't ignore you like yeah. it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing you have That's will, right. That's you will right. now form your own lane for for that which yeah, is it take, like it takes care of itself exactly yeah, yeah yeah the rest is just as long as you've got your head down and you've got like a mission yeah. to get to and you keep yeah. going the rest just comes in and then you don't exactly. even, the interesting thing is too is uh once this stuff starts coming in you don't even really care about it that much as much as you did when nothing was coming in you know which when is nothing, a good which is a good thing it's a good thing right like when nothing yeah. is coming in yeah. sometimes you're like why isn't stuff happening and it's because right, like right. it's like well you're not working <laughs> you yeah i know no, you really yeah. get what you put what yeah. you put out I kept wondering too, like, yeah. um, like years ago, I had all these bad habits of um, comparing myself to other comedians and being like, uh, right. you know, like, how did they get on that? And like, wow, they're, they're doing this now. And oh my God, like, look at this. And it was really like, just, it was that it was me looking at the outside sources, seeing what they're getting and be like, why, why is that not happening for me? And then realizing right. like, oh, you just need to you're not putting anything out. You're not putting anything yeah. out there that would like bring those opportunities in. So you can't, right. you can't be sitting there like down on yourself for not getting things. If you're not putting in the work in the opposite direction. Definitely right? not. No, but it's a no. two way street. You know, yeah. And I think that comes with age and experience as well, because, you know, I, I fell victim to that somewhat as well early on, but um, yeah. And uh, I mean, speaking of Paul McCartney, sound bites like he's done some good interviews over the past couple of years and he was on Howard Stern once yeah and uh there's a, another quote that sort of has to do with this that stuck in my head which was uh he had a song called uh, I can't remember what it was called actually but the general uh, uh vibe on it was uh, uh, everybody else is doing better than me or something like that mm -hmm. um and Howard was like amazed that Paul could could think that Cause he's like, you're, you're Paul McCartney. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he goes, you know, even now I'll, if I'm too plugged into what's going on, I'll think, Oh, what are the stones doing? You know, what's Dylan doing? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I better get to work sort of thing. And Howard was like, really? Like even you at this level, at this stage, you still think that? And yeah, it's like anybody can fall victim to it. Uh, even Steven Tyler would say that he would like a peak of their band. He would still go to like clubs and hang out. Even I think he said even into his like recently, like before COVID, he would just go hang out at like clubs to hear the music that they were playing so that right. he knew like he wasn't out of touch. Like he'd never wanted to be yeah. out of touch. He's like, I want to know what's what's happening so that I can at least have an idea of what the outside world is kind of collectively agreeing is music right now. And then I can form my own art based off of that, but not copying it, but with that understanding, you know? But that seems like the right lane to be in, you know, because it doesn't sound like he was, he was there wringing his hands being like, Oh, I I better get on that. Or stealing like verses, you know what I mean? Like that, that can happen too, where you're like, Oh God. Well, in the comedy world too, right? Like in, that's a huge thing, isn't Comedy's it? Comedy's you know, huge. And, whatnot. and it's like, you're not even <laughs> stealing like jokes, you're stealing like potential money. Like there's people right, that right. made entire careers off of one joke, you know, like that's- Yeah, that yeah one like joke. Andrew Dice Clay or something, right? Exactly, or, or Russell yeah. Peters like doing his like yeah. Just for Laughs gala. There was like a yeah. couple jokes in there that became like staples yeah, of like what people know him for. Yeah, catchphrases, exactly. Yeah, like so you like, can get that shit printed on a hat or something and all of a yeah. sudden that's like mega dollars. Uh-huh. There's so yeah. many comedians, I think, that did that uh, that route where they didn't want to do stand-up anymore and they started just printing <laughs> bumper stickers. <Really>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah. you know, every... And I, like, again, I, I always think about this too. Every time... I, no, I wouldn't say every time I'm everywhere, but like anytime I'm somewhere... I like um, self-reflecting on like the, the things around me and realizing that other people created those things. So I'm equally capable of creation. Like, cause sometimes you can be like, I don't know, calling yourself an artist. You're like, it's a little tacky. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you mean. It, there's imposter syndrome right. added to it. Cause like your idea of like what a musician right. is or what right. an artist is, is like this celebrity figure. You can't consider yourself that. You know, like I'm just, I'm just me. That's all. But then I look at like the bumper stickers, the bumper stickers at the gas station. I'm like, some dude sat down and wrote all of these out and then called up a company and figured out how to get them on it. And then made like a licensing deal for that and then created that. And now that's out in the world. It didn't just come into existence. Yeah. Someone with flesh and bones did that just like me. Exactly. You know, who's to say I can't do that. Exactly. And then bumper stickers and beyond. Apply that to anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go maybe yeah. step above beyond bumper stickers. <laughs> Bar's a little low there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've lowered the bar quite low for, for the audience. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, no. I mean, uh, imposter syndrome is is huge. Oh. Is really real, dude. Like, have you felt that much? Oh, all the time. Yeah, all the time. I'd get like an opportunity, or like, um, you know, someone. Uh, even when I started like making like rap songs at the beginning of 2020 i had this like i didn't again i was in your your uh space where you're like just i'm in i've got blinders on i'm not looking at what anything else is doing and i'm just gonna do this because i'm passionate about it Mm -hmm. um and i had like real imposter syndrome when people were like actually saying it was good like they enjoyed it you know and i was like i was like hmm okay because i still felt like I'm in this realm where I'm like a comedian and an entertainer. So I don't know where, like, I don't know where I stand kind of with my own, with my own art that I'm putting out. And then I just kind of realized like none of, none of these labels matter. Like it's, are you having fun? 
that's it. Like, is it good? Is the art you're putting out good? Then that's it. Like, just enjoy that. And again, it's like what you said about creating your own world. And I think that's just exactly what I was trying to do is just like without realizing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a mental tightrope you walk sometimes. Being creative and sort of like declouding the mind mm -hmm. from any potential viruses that could <laughs> infiltrate that process and spoil the soup, you know? And uh, even like while creating during the process, it's like a great athlete, you know, being out there on the field or, or whatever um, and having to remain, it's almost like a trance-like state you have to enter mm, to create your best work. Yeah, and really what it is, is it's, it's letting go of your ego. Yeah. That's really what it is at the end of the day. And, you know, the best stuff is created that way. Uh, there's not a doubt in my mind that my finer moments have always been when I've lost myself, mm -hmm. you know, and you're like, Josh Homme is another guy who is just like a, a Rolodex of great wisdom and quotes. And he was saying that the singer should never come before the song. You know, you yeah, shouldn't. That's huge. Yeah. If, if you're up there trying to sell yourself before the, the song or, or the bit or whatever it is you've created, then your ego's in the driver's seat and yeah. the, art, the art will suffer because you're in it for the wrong reasons. A hundred percent, because you can't humble yourself if you're the star of the show. You can't like, <laughs> you, there's, no, there's no room for that. Like really, your right. ego will not allow it. Uh, so that's up to you at the end of the day, which is a lot of responsibility, but yeah, and it's weird too because I find uh, a lot of times what we're what we're doing is we're trying to get back to that moment that we were first interested in whatever we're doing, and that overwhelming feeling of inspiration and creativity. The obsession. Just, yeah, yeah, and you're trying to get back to that, yeah. and you're along the way you're trying to block out or untangle any sort of cynicism. Yeah, dude. That's, that's being thrown upon you by you know whatever industry you're in or other people's opinions or people that maybe don't want you to do well because that exists as well. And uh, it's, and sometimes it masked as people who are supporters, right? So Cause it could be a supporter who's just like, wants you to stay where they like you. That's they don't right, want, that's right. You know, like they like- Yeah, I, people I'm, want you to do well, but they don't want you to do that well. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's about trying to maintain that control of who you are throughout and what you're trying to say while simultaneously letting go. Yeah, it's a delicate mix. It is, it is, it is. But I think and it's so, like, yeah. it's something that should not be like, you should not be overthinking this, this sort oh. of a thing. If you're, if you're listening to this right now and you're somebody who's struggling with like your own art, whatever it might be, don't overthink it. Don't try to apply everything we've said thus far all at once. It's not going to work. <laughs> just no, I think just this, try to remember it when you can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This conversation is just coming from, I think, a lot of experience, and a lot of yours doing what we do. 
Yeah, I mean, well, let's humble ourselves. We used to work as uh, cedars at Second yes. City. <laughs> exactly. You you sort of came in and out. You, you you were there for a hot minute. I was there for a hot minute. Uh, You've been there. You were there for a yeah. while, right? Yeah, I think like I was uh, what was it? Three, three, three years? years. I was there maybe. Three years. I think so. Yeah, something like that. Two and a half, maybe three. But you were there for what, like? eight months not that long if that, not <laughs> I think even I, that long like six i think months i popped in because i i was i was just really interested in like learning more about comedy and i thought the idea of yeah. working in like a comedy theater was like oh i can really see like how people are seated like what's the most optimal like way for this to be like laid out and then getting to watch like a comedy show like every single night was just like fucking amazing to have that as your well, I, I, it was incredible. I, I took so much inspiration from working there because I not to disparage the music community or to put stereotypes on the music community, but there is sort of a, um, a perception, I think, an outside perception of musicians as being sort of layabouts at times. Mm. And when I saw how hard the cast worked or casts that worked at Second City on you know, their process, the writing, process the uh, rehearsal process of performing the amount they performed and then doing extracurricular activities like voiceover work commercials going to auditions yeah like going auditions tv shows and and there's like the, 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 there seemed to be an organizational quality to it that i didn't see a lot of in my industry mm. and it sort of woke me up to be honest with you and i thought man if they can approach their craft like that there's no excuse for me not to work that hard and to get more organized and yeah more consistent <laughs> although we keep bringing around to the words it's true, man. It's true. <laughs> that's the fun thing to do with this podcast yeah. <laughs> ties it all in yeah, yeah yeah i like callbacks yeah no it's it's totally true and it's just like it's great it's, it's sad great. that it's uh that it got demolished in yeah for i, mean, I don't know to... a condo or something they're supposed to reopen it i believe comedy bar but it's not going to be, well, I thought I heard something about that. About well, from, like, from what I understand, the, the second city, like the traditional second city theater is still planning on opening a one York street. Oh, down by Scotiabank arena and what, okay. like, that, like that's still a go, but I believe that um, the comedy bar connection has something to do with people that worked with second city that also worked at comedy bar in like the last couple of years, Second City was around and I think they're like expanding that. Gotcha. So they're just like more satellite shows or something brought to you by yes. Second City like at this other something, location? Something like that. Something around that? But that's at least good yeah. news that they're bringing a theater back because that theater was just amazing yeah. to look at. You're just like- Oh, it was legendary. Yeah. It's crazy. And then just right. getting the JFL shows. <laughs> was it with you oh, or yeah. you saw Wanda Sykes? Wanda Sykes. That's right. That was just yeah. like yeah. Wanda. We saw, <laughs> we saw, we saw someone else too. <laughs> we saw Margaret Cho and uh, was it Margaret Cho? Yeah, and then also Greg. Yeah, Margaret Cho and uh, Greg Proops was there like uh, several nights, and I met Jeff Ross. That was pretty funny. Jeff Ross was great too. But the Wanda Sykes one was so good because we were just on a guy. break and we we're just like walking down the street and I was like, I think that's Wanda Sykes walking. I know. You were like, just like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just like sort of whispered her yeah. name and didn't turn around. I was like, oh, fuck. 
<laughs> so funny. I mean, um, what would you have said? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like she just turns around like, yeah, you're like, okay, cool. Like, I just wanted to make sure it was you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just exactly. crazy. Exactly. Unless... Yeah. That's another good yeah. thing too yeah, about I mean... like working in that environment. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like oh god, yeah. Desensitize yourself to celebrity, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, Colin came in a lot. Colin Mockery was in many a time. I grew up watching him on uh, oh, his yeah. lines, just like an absolute comedy god. And uh, yeah, it's just great. It's such a <laughs> cool dude. Like I, I, I didn't really meet anybody that was unsavory, and no. a lot of a lot of comics came through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like. Because JFL was it JFL or just for laughs, JFL forty two. That's what it was. They would host right shows throughout Second City as well. And yeah, not a single um, even like the the one that blew my mind honestly. And and it goes back to like what you're talking about about witnessing like somebody working so hard, yeah. um, and like taking that on your own and being like, oh shit, like maybe I need to do that. I saw Greg Proops, who was like an established comedian podcaster. He's oh, yeah. before his sh- show even starts, he's walking around like handing stickers to, to each oh, audience yeah. member. He was just like oh, giving yeah, them right. little, little yeah, gifts, yeah. like little things yeah. that were like from the show. And I was like, what? That's right. that seems like something an intern should be doing for you. Or like yeah. at the venue would have done ahead of time while you're chilling in your green room preparing, you know? Yeah. Like, he was so um, in tune with his audience. And so just on. right there. And then even after the show, I saw him in the lobby by himself. He's just talking to people. They're just like thanking yeah. him and he's just talking to them. Just like. Yeah, and I, he had all these like really dedicated fans that came out as well, um, and they had all sorts of like presents for him. And yeah, they were giving him books like, and shit, crafts like, and stuff. Yeah, I was like, wow, I had no idea that he'd formed that kind of relationship with his audience. Yeah, and that's another reason why these podcasts are so great. And it's like every time I talk to um, somebody, you know, to come on, if they're a little bit hesitant, because it's like you're not gonna, you know, not everybody does a podcast. So they're like, one, what's the benefit going to be? That's always the question is like, well, how is this going to benefit me? And anyway, and I'm like, well, you're not going to get a boost in views. Like, it's a brand new podcast. This is literally episode number 25. But like, what it will do is cement this genuine conversation (laughs) of you. Yeah, yeah. And it's like your fans, if they want to see more of you, they can just go watch you here on this podcast, or they can check out clips. And it just humanizes, I think, us a, a little more and adds that extra personal benefit because i found that at least when i listen to podcasts i was like everyone i'm listening to on podcasts i feel like i know them Mm -hmm. because you you listen to so much of their life and it's just so unfiltered and and whatever and it's like i need not i need i really wanted to build that sort of relationship with the audience that i do have just let them in you know i'm putting everything out there anyways like everybody come in these are my friends this is this is you know marlon who i worked with who i think is incredibly talented and i want to shine a light on you you know Right, right, right. Well, yeah. um, podcasts are, are some of the coolest things to come out of this, you know, the last uh, however long they've been around, what, like a mm-hmm. decade, maybe over around, a decade? Yeah, yeah. But now I it's like Mar- mainline. Now it's like super easy to do and anyone can do it, you know? Sure. And, uh, you know, we're entering that oversaturation period. But um, because, you know, it's like it's like the amount of music that's out there as well. Yeah. It's like, I mean... Anybody uh, with 30 bucks can submit to Spotify if they want to. Yeah. It doesn't mean their music is like amazing you know no no but i am grateful for all these amazing podcasts like these long-form podcasts that have come out where i'm hearing all sorts of people that i admire in these in-depth sort of like looser it feels like like a university education that you'd have to pay for 
totally. getting to hear people totally. who have been in your industry for like 40 years give advice you're like oh yeah. thank you that was free exactly like, i mean the, there are several episodes <laughs> that i go back to oh no way to listen to like little sound bites or quotes or just like passages like uh whoever it may be like uh, like i mentioned josh homie like his episode on WTF was just chocked full of wisdom. Wow. Jack White did uh, Jibber Jabber with uh, Conan O'Brien a few years back. Conan had that uh, YouTube series, oh, series yeah. Jibber Jabber, which is more long form and loose, more like a podcast. And I find that a lot of people, they'll, they'll often let things out that they wouldn't, they'd be more reticent to or not have time to on like a late night format that's more like a morning yeah show where it's like what are you here to promote um tell me yeah. an interesting story that's already like loaded up and then cut to commercial basically right from there yeah yeah it's like stock at that point but there, um, i can't remember who whose podcast i listened to him on it might have also been mark Marin, but uh yeah. rick rubin was like oh god well he has a podcast which is he, great. i know he has one I, and i didn't even like know that before listening to him on this one podcast but like yeah. I just heard him for the first time on that one pod and I yeah. was like, God damn, this dude is just filled with like knowledge and experience and you're just blown away. There's you look at his credentials and it's like he's lived five lives. Yeah. You're like, you worked with what? With who? Yeah. And so eclectic. Yeah, right? Like and like it, everything, like from bluegrass to like rap and, to yeah, rock like <laughs> to like crazy shit, man. Like all, he's all over the board and uh, it's all good. Yeah, and it goes to, it just goes to show you, like you'd be so undeniable, like they they really can't get like no genre is not gonna work with Rick Rubin given the chance, because yeah. they can see that he's been able to do all that. But I I guarantee like the first like major genre shift, like people were probably like, uh, I don't know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you've only worked on you know this before. I don't know how that's gonna go, and he just had to prove him wrong basically. <laughs> Yeah, another great, great podcast, uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Mm. Have you listened to that one? No. Oh, it's great. Well, it's, it's Conan's podcast. He's had it for like a year or two, I think, throughout the pandemic. And I was listening to an episode, and he said something that sort of speaks to your point. He said, nothing, um, <clears throat> nothing revolutionary ever looks right in the beginning mm. or ever um, is received well off the bat it takes people a second to wake up to a whole paradigm shift. Yeah. And it's already happened at that point. You know, yeah, like and, it, we, and we call those people ahead of their time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And Rick and, really was ahead of his time because I, I can't think of another producer on his level that delved into so many different genres and styles and just didn't give a fuck about it. Didn't care. Like didn't think, didn't think that like, venturing into one was like gonna ruin his career yeah. none of that like he was just yeah. so confident in his own ability in producing that he was just like I'm, I'm gonna be fine no matter where i go as long as people you know want to have me there i guess there right was, and he he didn't overthink anything no it's the overthinking that is the biggest killer of creativity it is he just went with his muse every single time like he saw system of a down in a club in, in la and was just like, these guys are fucking crazy. I want to work with them. He didn't think like, oh, will radio play this band or is this a good career move for me? He's just like, this band fucking gets me off. Let's go. And then they made Toxicity. Just legendary records, left, right, and center. 
does and it's 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 just like there's there's another um uh, i was trying to remember it and then i just looked it up here um there was his that's what it was his resurrection of johnny cash Mm. that to me is the most legendary thing that he's done out of anything you put that up next to anything you've got literally johnny cash could have just been another like name in the music history books yeah. but not not nearly as much of a staple as we today we would consider him as and i think a lot of it has to do with like rick rubin deciding to like oh, get him to cover was it nine inch nails covered hurt yeah. Yeah. and then uh yeah and that just like re- brought him back he was playing like little pubs like he his career was done yeah. and then he just like <laughs> rick just decides he's gonna take a chance on this old like rocker who was basically at the end of his career like yeah nobody, that's what, nobody wanted to give johnny cash a chance no that's what people forget too mm-hmm. right because we take it for granted what what rick was able to do with johnny but prior to that he hadn't had a hit since like 1972 yeah. or something and it had he been a while yeah he, he was playing with pickup bands in the 80s and into the 90s and i don't even think he was really active throughout the 90s but his 80s stuff just sort of took a nosedive and he was like a- It was such uh, a different sound at the time though. It's like, what could he have done, you know? Right, right. His sound became out of vogue, right? Yeah, yeah. And then he just sort of became a relic in the 80s and Rick of all people, right? Again, he just, he saw (laughs) something and- Saw something and then even saw something in a song that was not something he would do, which is even crazier of a risk. Yes. I mean, that's why he's, he's called Risk a, Rubin. A great <laughs> Risk Rubin, precisely. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it's great. Um, he said, uh, well, there's a lot of great sound bites from Rick Rubin out there. And you, you should check out his podcast, Broken. Oh, Rick. yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out now. Yeah. Malcolm Glad. He kind of co hosts it with, with Malcolm Gladwell a little oh, bit. Oh, wow. It's a powerhouse yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. But um, he had a, a uh, quote um, when he was t- working with the Kanye on Yeezus and uh, he's like I became a, a, a reducer instead of a producer a reducer Kanye brought him all this like mangled jumbled sort of mess from what I understand yeah which is, like had a fuck like a like a, a fuck ton of potential and was just like just like teeming mm. with like cool ideas and like futuristic weird shit because that's like one of my favorite albums of all time yeah yeah that album knocked out of the park yeah and they had something like Kanye came to me he's like uh i have like three weeks to finish this record like can you make a record out of this in three weeks and rick's like well i got this other record i'm working on so we might have to take it in chunks or he says something like that he's like when does it come out he goes no it it comes out in, in three weeks and he's like, all right. So he's like, he just sat there and started tearing pieces away. And it turned into like this minimalism masterpiece. Huh. And Kanye's like, you're a reducer. You're not a producer. <laughs> it sounds like something Kanye would say. Yeah, Rick reducer. Kanye too is interesting. And I don't think he gets enough credit because like when people do give him credit, people are, those people are called like, you know, Kanye West stands, basically they're the guys right, that'll right, buy right. the Yeezys and, and buy everything, no matter what he puts out. Yeah, um, yeah. but like I think, he, yeah, right. Like Kanye, yeah. I'm not part of the cult of Kanye, but I can appreciate right. the genius and on, which helps you kind of understand 
the wild side to him as well like why he's so like the every time he does something the press is all over him but like I can't name one genius that ain't crazy right that's, that's exactly line. right and and then there was like a song that he did where every like instrument in the song was someone's voice like it was it was like oh, yeah it, it, like he took someone just saying something and then he right. brought he brought that into the program and made it sound like a guitar like and it wasn't yeah. acapella it's not like the person was trying to make their mouth sound like a guitar anyone could do yeah. that he yeah. took someone who was just saying words mm -hmm. and distorted it to sound it, yeah. manipulated it and distorted it to make it yeah. sound like that and <laughs> once you stuff. know that once you know that subtlety to like whatever the song was i can't think of it off the top of my head but uh, it just makes it so much better. You just like yeah. enjoy it so much more and knowing the work that he like put into it. Yes, yes. It's like well, it's like what the Beatles did with Sgt. Pepper. Like they created, they, they, they pushed the art form forward. Mm -hmm. And I have no doubt that in 25, 30, 40 years from now, Kanye will be looked at as the needle mover of, of, oh, yeah. of, of this era hip-hop in general just like beyond hip-hop man yeah. like that's what's so cool it's like culture music as well. fashion and culture really. yeah 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 he's he's uh i mean there's a song on twisted fantasy where uh he, he works with the producer mike dean a lot mike dean's sort of the guy behind a lot of the harder edged stuff uh that appears on kanye's albums like he did a lot of yeezus like all the really harsh guitar sounds are usually mike dean mm. And I believe he co-produced, um, what's that song? It was have a toast for the douchebags. Have a toast for the assholes. Let's have a toast for the douchebags. Yeah. Every one of them. And what's it called? Let's have a toast for the douchebags. Runaway. Runaway. Yeah, I had to I searched yeah. toast for the douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Runaway this was whole... unreal. Just that single yes. piano note. Ding. Ding, ding, ding. and just yeah carried Beautiful. on from there you're like oh my god but the outro dude the outro is totally what you're talking about yeah where kanye is just uh like doing this um improvised vocal scatting pretty much and it sounds like a guitar solo and for the i i, I thought it was a guitar the first time I yeah heard it. yeah and then i found out that it was actually kanye just going like and then mike dean got in there and manipulated it and distorted it and put all this compression on it and god knows what else oh and turned god. it into like an iconic guitar sound right <laughs> so you know, like like you said he's just like pushing the genre of hip-hop forward. yeah and it's just it's feels like so cool to be a part of it and there's so many like haters out there that it just <laughs> it's yeah. like all you can do is really just like appreciate these things and then like we did with working at second city like apply yeah. what you can to your own i think that's really the point of like consuming any bit of culture is like how can i use this to inspire my own art or use this to inspire yes. my own like passion in a way yes yes another thing that dylan said was the most an artist can do can possibly hope to achieve is to inspire mm. that's the highest level that you can reach is like can you inspire somebody else and i, I believe that there's some musicians that 
inspired me but for like the wrong reasons like uh when i decided that i was going to start writing like hip-hop songs essentially i did it out of like hatred for what i was hearing you know i was like i don't like oh really it. yeah yeah, yeah. And they inspired me to make my own music because i was like i don't like any of this shit i'm yeah. hearing <laughs> I was like, what not all, to do? Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is all garbage. I'm gonna make something yeah. that I enjoy listening to, and then finding. Well, that's how punk came. Finding, came yeah, too. yeah, yeah. That was yeah. exactly how punk. All those punk musicians revolt. Yes, as you know, man, that revolts against the big stadium type thing and disco and uh, the singer songwriter thing that they, they thought was getting too bloated, and they thought we're gonna kick that. That would have been a that would have been a fun transition to be a part of like the end of disco and like the beginning of punk <laughs> yeah <laughs> just yeah. So people lose their minds over like what they were witnessing like coming yeah. out of this you're just like jesus christ and then seeing like the what the scene in like seattle and like yeah. what that became and you've got like marijuana right. and the sex pistols and you're like jesus yeah. and then and like, i think back then um people were much more divided when it came to genres oh yeah you had your own clique and whatnot and and uh, like, you know, if you like punk, there's no way you could associate with someone who likes disco and vice versa. And now we live in a time where like everything is a melting pot. And I think it's great, actually. It's a very good thing. Yeah. But, uh, I think part of that back then had to do with the fact that everything was new. Mm. You know? That is true. Like, even in terms of music, you think of like the evolution of it. It's not that long. No, God, no. Like, I mean, just look what the Beatles did in seven years. Yeah. You know, they went from I want to hold your hand to tomorrow never knows in three years, I believe. And that was like, again, not even that long ago. Like it's it's <sighs> in the grand <sighs> spectrum of things. It's not like we're talking about a time 200 years ago. Right. It's like within yeah. 100 years, they did this. <laughs> it's like for like 300 years, there was classical music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden there was like... I want to know what was Archive before Pepper. that. Just just nothing? Just like Man. clinking you rocks. Know, uh, no, as crazy as it sounds, I I often wonder. Yeah, what uh, the world was like enough to call music. it often, or or what the first music was really like. Yeah, like the first few years that humans discovered that you could create music. Can Just, you imagine? That would have been a trip. Oh boy, that would have been a trip. like that would have been like the new drug on the scene. It yes. would have been probably viewed as the same way because like yep. there's this great podcast that we're talking about podcasts all the time here, but there's a, and I don't think that they've released any more episodes, but it's such a great idea. It was called the pessimist archive. Okay. Basically what they did was they looked back at like inventions that we would now be like trivial about like what people were mad about that. What, what are you talking right. about? Right. And he goes <laughs> over the full history of how people were like fighting for it not to happen. Like no way, like inventions and stuff. Yeah. Like uh, the invention of like the street lamp, like the idea that there would be a oh. lamp outside that would right. always have a light on. People were like, yeah. that's the devil. How yep. are we going to know when it's time to sleep? If there's always lights on, like they were, <laughs> They were so against it. Doesn't that like, just go, doesn't that just speak to people's like inherent um, need to just be negative right off the bat? Yeah, right? Like, you know, Always find say a what's wrong with, with something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so much easier to be negative. Eh, and find it's the so easy. Yeah. yeah, and it's just such a, it's, it's something that's been happening for like thousands of years. So I could imagine yeah. the first person that like made a song, everyone was like, 
yeah, but like, what are you gonna do with that? <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah. And like, okay, the birds, the birds make songs too. Like, you know, should, yeah. should we yeah. pay them? Like, it, they're probably just. I know, right? Yeah, and what were they singing about? What were they writing about? Like, when Probably the... the same things we're writing about today. Sex. Yeah. The, and the war. Core sex, war, money, like those. Money, goods and money, services. goods and services, I guess you'd say. <laughs> gold coins. Yeah. <laughs> Just writing about how many gold coins you want. Yeah. I was really getting the bag back in the day. <laughs> Even before that, they're talking about like how many coconuts do you have? So. Yeah, yeah. Who how knows, many coconuts for a banana? I always yeah, trip exactly. out over like, who was the first crazy motherfucker that made an electric guitar? You know, like that just carved out, carved out that piece of wood, strapped on those strings. Yeah. And just was like, you know, trying to figure out a way that they can make. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the electric guitar is not that old. That's what I mean. Like it, but even Wasn't that. It? Even even though it's not old, like that freaks me out even more. It's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's more of a recent thing. It's like what, what in like the you know the when, last hundred years, right? Well, the last hundred years, some, maybe more, maybe like one hundred and thirty years. Some person just like us was like, I'm gonna make yeah. this new instrument. Yeah, I think like just after the turn of the century, the electric guitar was made, and it pissed people off. Oh yeah, unsurprisingly, <laughs> it's noisy. Yeah. It's not classical. Yeah. It's, it's not a real instrument. Like they would probably just say all these mean, horrible shit. It's funny. Humans have like this uh, inherent need to continue pushing forward and create new things. Yet at the same time, it we're always angry when it happens. But I think that's scared. what creates the best shit. Because yeah. it's like if yeah. we just were so accepting of every new idea, oh god, like what what would the world look like, right? Like it probably look like a like a Walmart where like you walk in and there's like something right. for everything. You're like, well, this is useless. Who needs that? Like, who's inventing something. a French fry holder? I don't need that. What do I need this in my house for? <laughs> a French fry holder? If every invention How just made a past dragon sense. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So then you like, have a lot more junk in the world. Yeah. So I think the negativity like serves its purpose, but like the idea is if you are creating something, don't even look at that. Don't even like feed into that. Any comment, uh, yeah, positive yeah. or negative. Sure, and then critical thinking is necessary for progress. But you know, we need to uh, keep it in check at the same time. Keep it in <laughs> check always. Uh, a common question that I like to ask a lot of my guests. It, it's a question you hear a lot in the world, but it's uh, if you okay. could call fifteen-year-old Marlon, mm. give him a little piece of advice on what the future looks like yeah what, what would you say to him just do it just do it just, just act now um do that thing that you want to do don't uh, it goes back to what we we're saying at the beginning of the conversation don't rest on your laurels don't look a gift horse in the mouth that kind of stuff you know take advantage of your opportunities and expand on them and don't take them for granted because they're not just going to magically come around again just keep keep working keep producing just keep going and again like a, a harsh lesson that i learned coming up early on playing in bands that you know achieved a modicum of hype and success was there was that feeling of like oh okay we've we've done something now and then it's like but i look back and i'm like but then what like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, can, you can look back in hindsight and say, 
clear as day, well, that was obviously an opportunity that could have been taken that wasn't. Mm. And um, there's always more to the story, but that would be my overarching message to 15 year old Marlon is just, just keep, keep doing it, keep pushing through and, and act now. Yeah. I think that's important too, for anyone listening here is just like, it doesn't matter what age you're at right now. If you have that idea and you have that passion that you want to move forwards on the point is move forwards on it because the world yes. is not going to wait for you. No, it's not. It's really not. In fact, not only is the world not going to wait for you, it's accelerating mm-hmm. at light speed past you. <laughs> Which can feel like a lot, but at the same time, it's like, just do it. And then you, exactly. you'll you be so focused on the thing that you're doing that the world passing you by at light speed is not going to matter to you. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let me be clear. That's not to say that you need to keep up with yeah. light speed. Yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. the point. <laughs> yeah. But the world moves very quickly and culture moves extremely fast. And if you are doing something creative and you want to be a part of that culture, then you got to you got to keep working. 100%. Um, I'm going to share just because we're coming up on an hour here. Everyone go check out marlinchaplin.com. Got uh, all your all your goodies on there. Press, video, music, news. Also, the uh, album that I mentioned at the start of the episode is Nostalgia. Is that how you pronounce it? Am I saying you got right? it, man. Yep. Nice. It's a, it's a portmanteau of synesthesia which is to see color through sound and nostalgia i love that man what what's uh your favorite record on the um on the album just for people listening if they want to go check out F- one. uh favorite track yeah my my personal favorite track is probably immaculate reception the third track all right that's my personal favorite but there are other tracks that did really well like uh weights and feathers and slipstream nice I always want to tell people your like, I'm like, tell me your favorite. What's the one that you, you're like, yeah, that's my personal, (laughs) that's my go-to immaculate. The outro especially is like, uh, it's like being a high. (laughs) (laughs) Some you're proud of and uh, Marlon.Chaplin on uh, Instagram as well. That's right. Which is where you put up these awesome videos of uh, painting while you're performing songs off your record, which is just like, another whole reason why I wanted to have you on here is just because I thought that was such a cool idea that I had not oh, seen nice, before. Nice, and I was just like, yeah. man, it inspired the hell out of me. I'm like, yeah, oh, we can great. do anything we want to do. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And that's the most interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Is there anything, uh, any final words you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, just think beyond. Just if uh, an idea comes to you that sparks uh, that sparks some sort of uh, fire within you, but there's another voice coming in saying, well, that's not how it's done. Mm-hmm. No, just that shouldn't yeah, be relevant. You choose. <laughs> you choose. It's a choose your own adventure. And uh, yeah, and that's where the most interesting art is created in that space. And I think we'd have a lot we'd have a lot less of a sort of bland homogenized landscape if we stopped trying so hard to be like other mm-hmm. people. <laughs> so just do your own thing. Do your yeah. own thing. I can definitely get behind doing your own thing. Yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone watching on YouTube. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please leave a five-star review. That always helps. And share the episode with your friends. And sharing the episode always, uh, always, always helps. Once again, Marlon, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, but until next time, everybody, keep it classy.
Cheers, Johnny. You've been listening to The Johnny Rogers Show. New episodes air every Tuesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.